Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh. Ready? Ready? Ready. Ready. Ready? Ready. 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 Hello and welcome to this. It is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast. The most praised, the most brilliant, the most consistent and the longest running rugby <laughs> podcast on planet Earth. It doesn't just feel that way, it actually is. <laughs> I am JB in studio with Phil. Hello, Philip. Hello, JB. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And down the line, Tim Cocker. Evening, gents. Good evening, evening Tim. That, that was a wonderful intro, JB. Yeah, I just made it up on the spot. Just <laughs> completely made that up. <laughs> so it sounds very oh. professional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great to make those statements, and they're, well, mostly, actually correct. Well, that one one of the statements is correct. <laughs> one of the statements is correct. <laughs> I wouldn't want to, yeah, I wouldn't want to be brazenly making statements, writing checks that we couldn't cash. Oh, I'm God, sure no. That's not the sort of thing we do. If other podcasts want to do that, that's up to them. Exactly right. <laughs> How is everyone? What a lovely weekend. Unbelievable weekend. It's been delightful in South Manchester, but I imagine the man whose um, carbon f- footprint is about the same as the Icelandic volcano <laughs> would like to tell us how his amazing bank holiday weekend has been. Yes, Tim, Tim ExxonMobil Cocker, tell me all, all about your weekend. Well, first and foremost, it involved two live games of rugby with crowds which was wonderful. The AJ Bell Stadium on Friday night, Sandy Park on Sunday, and in between, yeah, a a drive from Manchester to Kent, from Kent to Devon, and now from Devon back to Dorset, uh, where I'm sat in a motorhome. Um, Yeah, I've been sat in an an orchard in Devon uh, in in a motorhome, and now we're parked just on the coast in Dorset. It's absolutely idyllic. I'm wonderful. I imagine an orchard in uh, Devon produced some pretty good scrumpy down there. Mm, yeah, you delicious. Bet. You bet. Mm. Yeah, I got the after-hours stuff as well. The, he came, <laughs> he came, the, the, the farmer came and offered uh, some apple juice to the kids, and then uh, yeah, something a bit stronger for me a bit later. Awesome. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, so I, I've been to Abbasoch this weekend, a place that I always say I won't go because that's where everyone who earns over fifty-five grand goes on holiday. Um, but uh, sorry, from from Cheshire, I might add. And actually, I think I've got that number wrong. I think I've got the number very wrong because when I was there this weekend, I walked through a caravan park called the Warren, and the wealth on display is unbelievable down there. It is. Uh, I, I I only walked through it 
Uh, it felt like, do you have one of those <laughs> where people like hustling you along, keep moving, keep moving? Yeah, holding their nose. Come on, move, move along, move along. The beaches out are amazing. I've got to say, they are amazing. And then I emptied the fish of mackerel. Absolutely destroyed the whole mackerel population of Abasoch. Awesome. Did you cook some mackerel? I did. Cooked on the barbecue. Delicious. Jay, Jay, can I just, can you just say Abasoch? Can Abba- you say it again? I love it. Abasoch. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah, I, I don't like speaking, uh, well, no, I, I don't speak Welsh. So, so uh, you like to put that hard K at the end of Abasoch. Abasoch. No. <laughs> um, right. I guess. Uh, so, oh, actually, Phil, have you have you been uh, anywhere? Uh, no. Mm. I have mostly been uh, in my back garden in South Manchester. Oh, lovely, lovely. But you've got a lovely back garden. How's Pond Gate and all the rest of it coming on at the minute in your back garden? Uh, the pond, the ponds are well and truly gone. Uh, the, yeah. the football pitch, the, the turfing has been done. Uh, I've built myself a nice little raised bed. In mm. the back section, I've got like a, a what was, um, we're back onto woodland, so it was part of the woodland that the previous owners kind of enclosed. Um, so that, that uh, which is former woodland and also former tip. So, yeah. so there is like a chance of hydrocarbons and asbestos and all sorts yeah. of other nasties back there. Phil, I built, built myself a raised bed. Phil's house used to be owned by a botanist an actual botanist not one of the guys who works at the um <laughs> chain, chain bar mixing cocktails um and so he's got like all this weird woodland and well when he moved in there like piles of logs several different ponds at different levels doing different things like lots weird of, stuff yeah lots of bird houses and multiple areas that have been specifically cre- created to um harbor wildlife and my wife has just decided to bulldoze the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I want turf. I want turf, <laughs> damn it. Just a uh, black top. Just, uh... yeah. do, do you know one thing I really want to do, just very quickly? I, I, I greatly appreciate that um, the fact we are the longest-running rugby podcast means that we've managed somehow, by hook or by crook, to, to build up a following, which we're very, very, very grateful for. But there are a lot of other people who, you know, are starting out or at various stages in their journey so i just want to throw a very quick spotlight onto one one of our friends of the pod a long-time listener eddie stevens i've been listening to his podcast recently it's so much fun so he's thought, a funny guy i was on his hundredth episode the other week yes you were that was that was really good actually and uh and and i just i, I listened to his latest episode and i just i thought he is the we are the longest running the accolade that eddie stevens can boast is he is the only one man rugby podcast from a shed wow from a shed and it's well if, if you have an extra half hour or hour in your week and, you, and you're looking for some more rugby to fill it with i just thought i'd uh throw a little mention his way because i think he's been doing some genuinely brilliant stuff lately well awesome why don't we take the uh theme of gen- genuinely brilliant stuff and talk about sales sharks this uh this yeah those that was an awesome performance by sale i'm gonna put this out there that is the best premiership game i have seen Maybe since the podcast has started. It was that good. It it was a hell of a game. It was a hell of a performance from from Sale. I, I I genuinely, I said it last week, I genuinely didn't think they would do it. I thought they could do it, but I didn't think they would do it. I thought they would. Yeah, you were very confident that they would do it. I, I was not that confident. After. I don't know, actually. I, I, I think I called a Sale win. You did. You, I didn't. You both called Sale wins. Yeah. yeah. They were unbelievably good. And so... They they really were, and it wasn't like Bristol weren't trying. Like Bristol yeah. threw everything they had. Bristol threw their driving wall. They threw the narrow stuff. They threw the wide stuff in. Mm. Um, one of the most impressive things was 
Sales shut down Bristol's wide attacking game, but they didn't shut it down every time. No. Three times Bristol um, got round the outside of Sale from going wide um, early and off turnovers. Uh, twice, once with Randrandra down the right wing, once with Piertel down the left wing, and Sale managed to get back and snub both of those two out, and it was only the one with the the bounce pass uh, to, that Malin's picked up that ended up in a Bristol try. Yes. But yeah. Well, that seems to me that that was where the space was. And when Bristol was successful, they were pulling the back, pulling the ball back very heavily from from a pod of forwards. There's a few things that surprised me about Bristol, and they sound counterintuitive, but one was how physical that they were. I thought they were mighty physical. But it, it, they've always they've had that all season, and actually, people often overlook that because the tries that make the highlight reels are Randrandra and, yeah. and Piatel going round the outside and the offloading game. But their driving ball has been as good as anyone's this exactly. season. Exactly. They are, I mean, they, they stood up, they stood up well. They looked like they were standing up well. It's hard to say. But then what shocked me is how quickly they started shipping points. And there were, I know those two things do sound like they don't sit well together, but that's exa- exactly what we saw. It, it is, and it's, so there is definitely something in of, um, Saracens circa 2015 in that sale performance. 100%. The fact that they were they were so comfortable to give the ball away. They were so... Like, even off turnover ball. Turnover ball is, is golden. And Sale were incredibly happy through McGinty or Faf, um, particularly in that first half, to take turnover ball, play one phase, and then just kick it for the corner. And I'll put the pressure onto Bristol to play out. Yeah. And Bristol put pressure on themselves by trying to do so, playing their, their all-court game. But it, the pressure got seeped onto Bristol because Sale's defence was so well-organised and worked so hard. Uh, yeah, and, and that's what was so surprising about it because I think most people would have thought at half-time, nil-nil, by the way, like, yeah, what a game yeah. for a nil-nil. Yeah. But uh, most people would have thought at half-time, wow, what a massive defensive effort from Sale. And I think even Paul Deacon... Um, in the first half, when he was spoken to during commentary, they went, they cut to the sale coach, and he said, "Yeah, we can't defend like this for eighty minutes." Yes, they can defend. Yeah. Like that for 80 minutes. <laughs> Incorrect. That was the most incredible thing. Yeah, and I, I was, I was actually certain that Sale, because Sale had to work so hard, and they did. They worked. I mean, the Curries, uh, everyone on the team, but the Curries and AJ McGinty stood. Like, AJ McGinty, his work ethic yeah. to cover a cross, and. It was so good. I was certain that Sale would, they would get to 50, 60 minutes and would just crumble. And the when dam would burst, yeah. Yeah, and when um, Bristol scored that try after whatever it was, 45, 50 minutes, I thought, right, this is it. This is where Bristol get their, their tails up and Sale, they can't keep it up. And it actually was totally the, the reverse. Bristol had had to work so hard to get the territory in possession and they kept on being repelled by Sale, it looked like it was Bristol who were exhausted and Sale who were yes. buoyed by that performance. Yeah. The, the I'm just trying trying to get this right now. The players I felt just were different level. So I've said for a couple of weeks now, I don't think Sanderson has improved the players. I don't think he's improved the top players. But what he has done is bought in bought through lads who are now contributing week in, week out. Cam Neal to be one. Um Connor Doherty. I mean you know, yep. what a player he's turned yeah. out to be. Who's Connor Doherty? Um, and oh, it's Connor Doherty. I don't know if it's Doherty or Doherty. It doesn't matter, really, does it? Same, same. Um, but actually, there are some players now who are really starting to kick on. 
Uh, AJ McGinty looks just world class. I mean, he looks like he is spoiling for the fight all the time. And one of the interesting things which I found out this week in the sale press day was I mentioned that AJ McGinty is doing Wim Hof every morning. Yeah. Wim Hof? Yeah. Gets, gets cold, cold, cold shower. Cold showers. <laughs> cold showers. Ice cold showers. Sounds okay. insane. So I asked about this. And so he's doing Wim Hof. So this last week's sale did... They walked up a mountain. Uh, that did get mentioned one or two times, including uh, by you, Cocker, in your Man of the Match uh, oh, the, uh, yeah, questionnaire. Uh, at 1am, a- uh, they left. They they got to Snowden for 1am, didn't they? Yes. And then they walked up with, the, the, yeah. the, the Snowden with ex-Special Forces. Uh, and like no, with, with sen- Deprived of senses because they couldn't see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't see. No torches. Um, no so, torches. So this is what I didn't get right. Um, it's very interesting. Uh, again, Alex Anderson, he seems to be really growing into that role. I know that's a staff thing to say because he was he came up with such hype, but I feel like he's getting really very established now, and you can see that rubbing off on how they're playing and the things that they're doing. The upshot of all this is AJ McGinty, for example, wakes up in the morning and is just absolutely dedicated to his craft, and it's like they're building the project from the ground up, from ind- from individuals onwards. So he gets up and he wants to be 5% better every single day. And you can see that. The other guy who just looks, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he just looks brilliant for that style of rugby, Marlon Yard. <laughs> I mean, Marlon Yard is such a demon of a kick chaser. Who knew? His kick chase was, was amazing. He put in one hit. I can't remember who it was on. Just uh, tracking people down, making the tackles stick. It could have been Johan Lloyd or... Johan Lloyd. The, yeah. the one thing where Marlon Yard did get caught out was um, there's one saw twice when Bristol did find the outside edge was because he over-chased yeah. inside. He chased an inside shoulder and left like two men out on his outside and turned his back. So he's in. He found himself in no man's land. But, but his know, kick chase was was well, amazing. I mean, imagine sitting down with the Harlequins lads and saying, "You'll never guess what Marlon Yard's great at now. <laughs> what kick chase yeah. and just absolutely work, yeah, works work his ethic. tail off. Yeah, work work ethic. His work ethic's yeah. unbelievable. Amazing. I, I yeah. just I just want to come back to because I th- I think you cracked open that uh, element of the press conference, didn't you, JB? You sort of opened up that whole chat that that ended up happening. Yeah. Um, because I know that the in our preparation for the game on Friday night, uh, the producer was chatting to me and he said, oh, I imagine JB's already told you, but a uh, press conference was really interesting. Um, have a watch. Here's the link. So watched it. And yeah, um, Alex Anderson, just to, to fill Phil in a little bit, basically he was talking at length about, you know, one thing that isn't covered by a salary cap and you can actually have a, a an improvement upon is, is the the mental side of it and not just from a pure sports psychology point of view but from i mean basically mindfulness type stuff isn't it ah, i'm so i'm into. so torn on this because <laughs> i know it's not a thing but it is a, it is a thing isn't it <laughs> has to be well, look at well, how they're playing the placebo effect is a thing i yeah. if you tell people they're taking sugar pills and oh sorry if you tell people they're taking uh, limitless drugs, but they're just sugar pills. It will have an effect. Russ Roberts said something really interesting. Uh, the the uh, the economist on the Econ Talk podcast is, how do you become a nice person? And he goes, well, first of all, you need to pretend to be a nice person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think he's right. It's the same sort of principle. Like, just just pretend to be dedicated, and before you know it, you're saying all the right things. And you, I mean, yeah, they, like yeah. the Duprees. That's no, that's another one. They haven't been that great of late. I thought. 
on Friday night, they were world class. Yeah, world class at what they did. Evidently, um, but, but no, the Debris are both now being talked up. Jean Luc and Dan talked up for South Africa squad spots. One of them, I'd say. One you, of them. Yeah, you'd expect because, um, well, I guess maybe both of them because if um, Lude is out potentially, mm. they might need a second row. They might do. Yeah, that's definitely on the cards. I would say that what the Debris do almost better than anyone else I've ever seen is deal with people physically. Is just be massive. Just deal, like they just dealt with Nathan Hughes. Yeah. Uh, now there are some weaknesses to their game, like their um, in- unbelievable offloading game, uh, <laughs> not in a good way. Uh, you know they can uh, they can cause errors, but actually their just physical dominance on the game line is incredible. When they're yeah. going is incredible. But the other problem with them, in my opinion at least, is when that physical dominance isn't available to them, like against La Rochelle. They do. They're not as effective, are they? As in, they, they don't have a plan B. I mean, yeah, against La Rochelle, say we're just getting marched back the whole game. Mm. So I, I'm, not, I'm not sure anyone. If you'd put any one player in the world into that sale team at that point in time, I don't think anyone would have had a... Um, pick em in his prime, uh, yeah. Kieran Reid, like... It's not happening no. because they were just uh, La Rochelle was so dominant. Just on on sale, Tim. Did you hear a bit about the masculinity part or the macho part? I, I I didn't hear that part. I will admit I didn't watch the whole thing. I sort of skimmed it. Okay, so there's a bit, and I'm very torn on this. Where San, I asked Alex Anderson whether he's trying to because he's using a psychologist at, at the moment with the players. They are doing all the mindfulness stuff and the idea... Cold showers and all that. Cold showers, but also it's to, you know, basically not de-machoing it, but I think they don't like the idea of it being a big macho sport. You've got to talk about your feelings and talk about how, you know, there's lots of stuff like that. But then do you not think going up a mountain with no torches is the most macho, with special forces, <laughs> is pretty macho? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right, and certainly, and I, that that was an unbelievably macho performance. Yeah, that they yeah. Put in now for that eighty minutes on Friday night, it was. Now Samson said that I I misconstrued that because it was all about getting the lads into a vulnerable vulnerable position, but isn't that literally what being macho is? You put yourself in dangerous, vulnerable uh, positions because you are indeed macho, like risk taking. Uh, yeah, yeah th- well, there's the. Opening up and being vulnerable, i.e. talking about your feelings and that yeah. kind of stuff, is different to uh, swimming with sharks, where you are incredibly vulnerable <laughs> to be eaten very, by a shark. Very macho, though, isn't it? It is very macho. No, like, I, I watched I'm a not... man chase away a bear um, <laughs> bit, like this week. Now, he was vulnerable. He was incredibly vulnerable. <laughs> but it's also very macho, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, and um, the, the, another element that he was talking about that I found interesting was the in training, they're not, they're trying, basically it's just trying stuff out. And I think that's what I really liked about hearing him talk about it is that he's trying a lot of things. Some of them will work and they might keep them. A load of them probably won't work and they'll just cast them aside, but they're trying things. And one of the things is when players are absolutely knackered in the moment, immediately finishing a, a certain part of inning, they're getting the coaches in to go, right, what are you thinking right now? What are you feeling right now? And like, so that the players don't have any time to test. Yes. And I think trying to get just raw and honest and immediate feedback on stuff. 
that they can then the coaches might be able to use and translate into oh maybe we need to do a bit more of this and that and the other it might, I mean it might come to nothing but I do just it, like do you know what that's called Tim? saying we're exploring all the different ways of yeah what's it called it's called and <laughs> so do you know this way Samson said it he said it quite pointedly hot debrief hot debrief hot debrief right which is hot what they debrief. do you yes. do it a lot in super rugby yeah uh, as in but not to the same extent they often interview the players as they're walking off at half time Yes. And they're knackered and trying to ah, give an interview. Right, so I'll tell you what the hot debrief is. As I understand it, and there'll be military people out there who do understand it properly, and they can write in and tell us why we're wrong. Okay. This is what it's... So Stuart Hooper said this. Um, he gets his coaches together and they have a hot debrief there, there and then. So Stuart Hooper does it. That's where, that's where I heard it first. And obviously because uh, Stuart Hooper said it, I immediately tossed it aside and uh, disregarded <laughs> it as uh, pseudoscience. Um, I was wrong to do that. <laughs> uh, because the idea is you get everyone in in the heat of the moment, like Tim says, yeah, yeah. to discuss what you think you've seen. And then you match it up with what you see later on to see, are you having a realistic picture of what just happened? And can you get better at recognising things in the heat of the moment? So that is really interesting, um, particularly when you th- think back to... And one of the things that we've we've um, raised an issue many, many times is uh, England rugby actually identifying yep. what's going wrong in the heat of the moment. Mm. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that, that this tactic will necessarily work, but that is is a, fa- a repeated failure of England to identify where they are failing in games, yeah. and they almost need to like step away and correct it at a later date. So the reason, I, the reason I think it's of limited use is I can think of a situation where if I put myself in, hot, in, a, hot de- in a hot debrief, where are you going wrong with this activity, whether it be uh, CrossFit or grappling or rugby or anything and the danger i see with it is you might come to the right answer and if you for instance if i was um playing a game rugby and like we're getting overpowered and i'm looking at our players and we don't have the answer to this within our team well what do we do now we're now completely demoralized (laughs) but then but then you should be able to say well what alternative uh, strategy can i employ there is no alternative well to kick them and start moving around for example yeah if if they've got a pack who are two stone per man heavier than you you want them running their arse off. You've got to rope a dope. You've got to keep them oh, moving the whole time. I, th- I think a professional rugby team perhaps has different options. <laughs> but perhaps. JB, you are a great rugby intellect. You as coach and Oh, yeah, yeah. Player, my my intellect, got... I'm looking at you guys. I can tell you right now, there is no plan B. <laughs> there, there, you, you're, you're not good enough. You're not good enough to implement plan B. So let's do more of the uh, same and try a bit harder. Am I the only person that's hearing hot debrief and it sounds quite rude? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, so, yeah, so, it's true. When you when you first mentioned that Tim, I thought of um, a book I read last year called Endure, which was all about the kind of art and science of of endurance. Um, and one of the things they did was basically trying to test muscles to failure, so test athletes to failure. Huh. One of the ways they did this that I'm not going to talk about now was um, putting electrodes onto muscles until they had until they could go no more. What? But the other one, one of the tests they did was. They would get cyclists to cycle until, literally until they can cycle no more. Mm. And then when they think the test is over because they've stopped cycling, they will offer them $500 if they can, <laughs> if they can go for another minute and they could always go for that extra minute. Wow. So there's this like, there's this, um, it, it, what's it called? It's called the curious elastic limits of human performance. And it is this, your brain tells you to stop even when your body can't your mind stop. will give up before your body does. Oh, yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's what I thought you were going to talk about and getting over that psychological 
limiter, speed limiter restriction well, that's, on that's yourself. That's probably next week, next off season at Sail Sharks. They'll be all over that, I'm sure. Can I just say, uh, before we depart this game, got to talk about Bristol. Firstly, the two directors of rugby, how similar they are. They talk about love and all these sort of things. We talk about their deep thinkers. They try things, come at it from different angles. But I have never seen, after a game, I haven't seen Pat Lamb. Uh, there was a look in his eyes. He was saying it's fine. And I'm sure he will come away from that. And that's how we think. But in the moment, I think he looked a bit shell-shocked. Just, I could just yeah. see a little bit in his eyes that I thought he's... He's a bit nervous about. He's a bit. I have, just haven't seen that look from Pat Lamb before. I I think you're right. I, I I think you're exactly right. And I, and I can understand why because they they're going into the top four. They know two of the teams who are going to be in the top four are Sale, who have this in their locker, and Exeter, who also have this kind of performance, this this level of physicality, uh, the consistency, the defence in their locker, and coming up against that and falling short in the way they did this week will be tough because as much as um, as much as the team and Pat Lamb do say trust the post processes and it will work um, if you're getting beat like this there's not that much you can trust the processes yeah well your, your processes I, might come short that's the whole, the whole debrief I kind of think that the problem that Bristol had was they were hellbent on beating Sale on the gain line for large parts of it and then they went wide and I think they really wanted to establish their dominance going forward before they whipped it wide. And I think maybe they should have just whipped it wide. They should have tried their luck. Uh, I mean, Radranda was pretty well contained for the most part, as was Piatau. But they did have success when they pulled the ball back. And then you've got to make that sail defence run instead of five yards forward, ten yards forward, and then sideways. So that's what I would have tried. And I, yeah, I, I said it last week in the predictions that. This will be a good loss for Bristol because it'll be a. It's not. They didn't lose because they played badly. They lost and they played brilliantly. And they'll learn. You know, you need an ex, an extra gear of either physicality or you need to solve the problem. They will learn from this. Uh, firmly believe. Um, yeah. I, one thing that they they oh, one player that they did miss. So um, obviously losing uh, Morahan in the first two minutes doesn't doesn't necessarily help. Albeit you've got a pretty able um, deputy coming in in Johan Lloyd. The guy that they miss is Luatua. Yes. Because in, in his place, obviously, Ben Earl and Fitzhardin are, are great, but they are both pretty lightweight. And Luatua just does everything. He does the hard yards. He can carry. He can run the line out. He can do the defensive work. And he is a big lump as he's well. A, he's there, John Ross. Probably even more important than yeah, John Ross. Maybe. He, he's. Luatua is huge for them. And, and um, I do believe he's paid. Huge as one of their most enormous amount, yeah, enormous amounts of money, deservedly. Yeah, well, it looks like they'll still end up first, and that Sale will probably still end up in third because Exeter played pretty well. (laughs) Now, I I only watched, uh, I watched about the first forty-five minutes of this. Did Uh, we have a man on the ground? uh, We did have a man on the ground. We had Tim Cocker at Sandy Park. Yeah. yeah, we certainly did, and that that was an absolute beatdown. And well, just before, let's very briefly before we segue into this because I think it's relevant. Just mention that uh, Francis Barron was on the front page of the rugby paper this weekend, saying that he will, and he is the what chief exec. He's chair, nothing anymore, is he? His, no, 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 ex, former chief. Exec. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his advice to the sixty-five uh, RFU councillors 
he said, unless they come up with an absolute good reason why there should be ring fencing for a further three years, he says that the vote should absolutely be to reject it. And I think this game is a really good example of what what rugby will look like occasionally if you allow ring fencing to happen. Now, ring fencing isn't the reason why the, this specific game was like this because Newcastle aren't in danger of being relegated even if league points were a factor because Worcester are so far adrift. That's not that's not the point. However, this is just the kind of mismatch we would see and you will yeah. see and we cannot afford to see in our game because this this was a, a dreadful mismatch. So, yeah, I do think you're right on the uh, fact that it would have happened anyway. Worcester so far adrift that, in a way, having a really bad team in the Premiership is exactly the same as as, as ring fencing. So that would be a thing that happens. Um, the Francis Barron point, I, I think I need to understand it a little bit more. Uh, it sounds to me as if Newcastle haven't spent enough money on their squad and they rotated heavily. That's what it sounds like to me. It's just a complete dispar- um a complete uh, disparity in the two teams and what they can field. And also, extra... I mean, actually, no. Extra in front of their crowd, maybe they put 30 points on someone. Not this amount of points, though. Yeah, there is something in... It is a weakened Newcastle team, and it's uh, near enough, not quite, but near enough a full-strength extra team. But Newcastle have nothing to play for, so even if they've put their absolute best team out... If they've got nothing to play for, if there is no point in them being there and they're thinking about the beers on the bus journey back, it could be 50 or 60 anyway. Well, yeah. th- they they do, over the season, technically have something to play for because if they win their last two games, which are home to Worcester next Saturday and on Saturday and are away to Quinn's final day of the season, and they might be sort of banking on the fact that Quinn's might be resting players ahead of a playoff semi-final, and that might not be a smart that, that might be quite a smart move to make. If they win both those games, they could sneak top eight. So I understand why they went, do you know what? Let's just write this game off. But um I, I mean that aside, Exeter man, they're looking in ominous form at the minute. So yeah. it was described by one of the Newcastle players that it was like chasing shadows. Like they didn't get beaten up as such. They just a second late round uh, uh, around the corner, and then everyone starts panicking. And Exeter were just playing bloody good rugby. Yeah, they were just picking the gaps, and they 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 can do it whichever way they want. They can have uh, Jacques Vermalen and Dave Ewers uh, and Yannis Kirsten and like smashing up the middle or making the hard yards. And they've got uh, Slady and O'Flaherty and Hog Hog coming off Hog coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cordero, Cuthbert looking good. Cuthbert, he's looked great every time he's. Uh, been fit and played this season, just running and on, rings around on, you. And on Cuthbert, there's there's something about that club that I absolutely love, and they are probably the best example of an organisation that is a club, not a team, not an organisation. That they're just a, a club. It, they just feel so traditional. And I every single time I go down to Exeter, I come away just feeling. Like reinvigorated a little bit more. I love rugby a little bit more. You'll feel a little bit like an outsider. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're so special. Yeah, they're such a special club. But what I loved and what I really noticed, did Alex Alex Cuthbert score one of the the second or third try, I think? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. One of them. The way that, bearing in mind he's leaving in a few weeks' time. Is he? Where's he going? Go back to Wales. Is he really? I want to say Cardiff, but I could be... Could be wrong. I don't think it's been finalised exactly where he's going. I'm not. Okay. Might be Osprey. I, I I don't know. But he's going back to Wales. But 
the way that the whole team, the, the how happy they were that he'd scored, and the and the reaction of the whole squad, and the way you, if you go back and watch it again, it's you don't get that at other clubs. It's 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 so rare and special, and I absolutely love it. I absolutely love that club. And it, Cuthbert is an interesting one because I, I want to say talent identification, but Cuthbert, Cuthbert is a lion. He's, he's yeah. not. He's not talent identification because he's got the talent but talent reclamation isn't it well yeah rec- reclamation or, or utilization because a few years so his international career basically was finished by the elliot daly try in the corner that won england wales about three years ago i want to say maybe four years ago where he kind of over chased a kick and then didn't uh read the wide pass to elliot daly on the drift around the outside of him i think he's barely played international since yeah. then and he was almost in the rugby wilderness and extra recognized that that talent and then when he has been fit they've utilized him in in the right way yeah it's it's interesting one i don't know why he'd want to go back to wales unless he thinks that he's in with a shot of internationals again but he must be in his 30s now 31 yeah yeah it doesn't sound seem likely here is a player for you who is out of contract i had no idea i've not watched any pro pro 14 so i don't know if he's played he might have been injured he might i don't know but Scott Williams is leaving the Ospreys. Scott, I've always liked Scott Williams. And yeah, I think he was hard, hard done by in the last, well, probably the last two or three years of Gatland, where he just seemed to fall out of fa- favour. Yeah, I, I don't know what, I, I, like I say, I don't know why he's leaving. I don't know if he's played well. I don't know if he's injured. I know absolutely nothing about the situation. But as for a big name, the Premiership Club may well be interested in, that would be one of them. Hey, mm. There's two ch- tangential stories to these two teams this weekend. Do you want to get, get into them? Let's get into the good yeah, one first. I'll, I'll, yeah. just, I'll just say, watching um, the Exeter, I think there's a good shout that most of their backline that started at the weekend that aren't already involved in international rugby could well get call-ups and would justify call-ups. The, the 9, 10, 11, 12 of Exeter, basically. Jack Maunder, Joe Simmons... Oli Devoto, Tom O'Flaherty. Mm. Yes. I agree with all. All very good shouts for a squad place of some description. Yes. Uh, I'd like that. And then did, did you, I can't remember where I read it, but um, there was some headline that uh, Maunder is very happy to be uh, in the middle of a Simmons sandwich with him playing oh, nice. nine and the two Simmons boys playing eight and I bet, ten. Yeah, I'd, I'd be quite happy there. <laughs> Delighted. Delighted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, but yes, um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to lead into this. No, no, go on, go on, Jay. So, yeah, let's get into these two stories. Go on. So there's two stories. Let's do the good one first. Yeah. Um, Eddie Jones this summer is going to coach his own attack, allegedly. Mm. But at some point, he's going to bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a part of Eddie Jones, which I like, if he gets it right, which is the constant rotation of, of coaches to keep it all fresh. So if you think about this, like... Every time the England players show up, they've got a new attack coach, mm. but then Eddie is the constant. I think that is actually a really unique way to go. I mean, whether it's right or not, I don't know, but it's unique, and I like that. It's definitely unique. Um, I'd probably, I like it, but then I'd probably want a bit more consistency as you go to, into the big tournaments. Yeah. So two years out now, it's probably not a bad, perfect, yeah, bad perfect, time to do it. Perfect timing. So one of the names yeah. floating around is Dave Walder. Yeah. And I am a huge fan of Dave Walder. In fact, I actually went as far as to say that if they got rid of Eddie using his break clause like I would have a few months ago, 
I would have bought in Dean Richards. And a large part of that is because he'd bring in his own people and that would have included Dave, Dave Walder. Dave yeah. So, you know, maybe Dean Richards doesn't go, but hey, Dave Walder will or may or might do. Mm-hmm. The other candidates, of course, will be Al, uh, Ali Hefer. Yeah. And uh, I forgot his name again. The guy in, in Northampton who's doing wonderful things. Vesti. Uh, Vesti. Sam Vesti. Twice I've forgotten his name. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what do you think of those names? Um, I, so uh, as bringing them in for attack coach rather than bringing them in as the... Yes. Yeah. Uh, based on what I know about them, I'd be very happy with, with any of those three appointments. Uh, Walder, Vesti or Hefa. Yeah. I think Walder shades it for me. Although Vesti is interesting. Vesti is an interesting one and in that Northampton, when they're good, are amazing. But Northampton, when they're bad, are dreadful. dreadful. So I was having a <laughs> chat with a player two or three years ago now. And it was it was, a, it was a Worcester player. I can't remember who it was for the life of me. But he was saying that Sam Vesti is absolutely awesome. Mm. He's a, he is a complete and utter rugby attack geek. And that's why Northampton picked him up, and now he, he, you know, he's only going to get better working with working with Chris Boyd. Yeah, yeah. So he's a really interesting one. But does he play in a certain way? And that is a certain way. It seems to me Walder's a little bit more pragmatic. And then Hefer, well, that's. I mean, if you take Hefer out of Exeter, I wonder if that's almost as serious as taking Baxter out of Exeter. Yeah, it's, it can't be as serious as taking Baxter out of Exeter. But it'd be interesting to see how they recover, as in what, yeah. who they bring in and what they do. That would be a hell of a job for a young attack coach to, to Wouldn't go into. Just... Tim, yeah, I, 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 I like all of those names. Um, I've mm. got a lot of time for Ali Hefer, um, yeah. but it, but and I think he is the heir, he he is the obvious heir apparent. When he, well, he is now Exeter head coach. Yeah, as Rob Baxter stepped up to director of rugby. Um, so should Rob Baxter ever want to step aside or move on for any reason, then Ali Hefer would take that. However, I think if Rob Baxter ever got the England job, Ali Hefer, uh, I think the two of them come as a job lot. It's mm. quite sad, isn't it, when you think about it? Because it's almost inevitable that one of those two is going to have to leave Exeter at some point. At some point. It, it's got to happen at some point, but it depends what circumstances it is, doesn't it? And yeah. if if they are set up in the right way, like, I mean, let's, let's ignore the, um, the Saracen salary cap issues, but... Um, the number of coaches who've come into and out of Saracens mm. and Saracens seem, other than the Surrey Cap issues, no worse or no like, no weaker, despite losing uh, guys like um, well, Farrell, Borthwick, um, Sanderson. The one you missed there, mate. And, uh, Venter. Venter, yeah. Eddie, yeah. Eddie Jones was there Eddie uh, Jones, at, a, at a point in time. Um, Did just, you say Borthwick? Yeah, Borthwick. Yeah. Gustard as well. Gustard, yeah. 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 And they just kind of on, yeah, it yeah. depends. So if it? It, if it's set up in the right way, I think the graveyards are full of uh, indispensable men. I hate that saying. I hate it because it, it just cuts it's, the bone. It's so true. It's, it's so, so true. It's so true. Yes, <laughs> uh, it is. Um, so yeah, you, so that's that's the that's one of the stories. And the other one is uh, people are determined to take medical advice from Henry Slade. So. <laughs> Who are these idiots? <laughs> before before we get into this, uh, if you watch the entire program on BT Sport on Sunday, you will have noticed precisely zero mentions of this. Um, and I, I, as soon as this broke earlier in the week, and I knew I was working this game, I had a slight sinking in my tummy, thinking, 
I really hope there isn't a producer or or someone who says, right, we've got we've got to tackle this big story. We've got to talk yeah. about it. Because as far as I was concerned, it's it's got nothing to do with my job. Yes. Or at Sandy Park on Sunday. So I, I was gonna I was going to and I was prepared to say, I'm not doing that. I'm mm. I'm not I'm not asking about it. Um, and the same goes. There was never any pressure. It was never suggested when he got the man of the match that I should bring it up. And I and I absolutely would not. So I was really pleased and glad that it got absolutely no coverage during yeah. the three hours of uh, rugby on I, Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just suggest it is a little bit more complex on a lot of sides. For a start, he brought it up. Right? He actually brings this up. Uh, there's two reactions which baffle me. Number one is oh, just in case anyone has been on a, on another planet. What just recap? Oh yeah, um, so the story itself happened. is Henry Slade says he's not convinced by the evidence of, of the vaccine. Yeah, which I think is a fair comment. I am convinced, but he's not. Yeah. So the way you convince someone who's not convinced about the evidence is show them some evidence. That, that would be <laughs> that, that, not at him and tell him he, yeah. he's murdering grannies. Exactly right. You don't shame someone into taking a vaccine. You tell Which, them the well, evidence. Well, to, to me, that, that also the, the curious part about that is that I mean, he was called an anti-vaxxer. The people saying that um, if he doesn't take a vaccine, he might kill grannies who have taken a vaccine. That sounds pretty anti-vaccine. That is anti-vaccine. Well. Yeah. <laughs> the, the vaccine's not. Do they not? Work? You don't think they work? What's, what's going on here? Exactly. So um, the other, the other uh, uh, approach to this, which blew my mind, was that the Telegraph somehow did something wrong. You're sitting in front of a current in the England International, and he tells you up front he's not going to take the vaccine. Kate Rowan never asked him if, if, yeah. if you know. What's she to do? Of course, she reports that. What yeah. a stupid take that she should edit it out for some reason. I think I think she handled it exactly right. Uh, yeah, well, both, uh, both, both uh, in the apart interview from, itself. Apart from, I, sorry, go on, apart Tim. from apart from getting stuck into it afterwards, post more. Just just write the story, let it stand. We don't need to hear. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to know the caveat that she doesn't agree with the views. Yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe she doesn't agree with the view that the blitz defense is the best way to deal with Bristol. I don't know. Like. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need to hear about. Just report the story, but yeah, I kind of see that. But yeah, I should, no, absolutely nothing wrong. It was a good story. It's ex- you know exactly what you, you should cover. Yeah. If a if a rugby player says to you, "I'm not taking the vaccine," and these are the reasons, okay, fine. Uh, yeah. So all very, very, very bizarre. That there are two things which are ridiculous. One, any suggestion that he shouldn't offer an opinion, either if asked or because he wants to. So ridiculous. I, yeah, I'm not uh, sure about uh, that. No, no. Why? Why? I mean, I, I just don't. I don't feel the need to know what what he th- what he thinks. So, I'm I'm quite. I mean, I'm ha- yeah, he can if, do it if he wants. Yeah, it's. I would I would strongly advise him if I was on his side. Just keep your thoughts to yourself. Like yeah, it, yeah. It's your your life will be much better and much easier when, if yeah. you don't put this when, out there. When he walks into the press conference holding the Andrew Wakefield biography, I, I would go, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> hang on a minute, Henry. What have you been what, <laughs> what have you been reading here? <laughs> but, so, no vaccine chat. I, but well, but like, I don't want to. You, you read the whole article, right? Yeah. 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 I thought yeah. his, his I thought his reasoning was like I still don't want to hear absolutely sound. Yeah, fine, but like I don't want to hear the. Thoughts on Black Lives Matter. I don't want to hear their thoughts on mental health. I don't want to hear their thoughts on any of it. I just want to know yeah, about yeah, the rugby. Yeah, you don't want to. But but if so, if you were confronted with it, you would just as quickly as you'd read it, you would discard it, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But you, but the, I would strongly advise him not to mention anything yeah, about what, it because yeah. you can you can see what is going to happen. 
what I'm saying is I don't want to know about the, the latest cause that a player has, whether it be vaccines, whether it be something else. I don't want to know about it. I'm not interested. Yeah, and if they want to become the next Greta, yeah, like but, yeah, I, okay, well that, that's fine. Just but couldn't the point, care. point being, it is. But there was there was two things which were said often. Apart, from, I'm, I'm just going to ignore the people that said ridiculous things because <laughs> they're not even worth. Uh, the hot air it would take to talk about them <laughs> but the the two things which w- were said which i totally disagree with as well is one that he shouldn't offer an opinion yeah you can write, advise him not to but you know he, yeah. he can say what the hell he, he wants he, yeah he can yeah uh, and second uh, and, and that's fine and, and you if you think it's wrong ridiculous bad move you can just ignore it yeah the second one is people suggesting that the, the telegraph were irresponsible to report on it <laughs> <laughs> that that is equally absolutely insane and and those two things that i've just described that's how china operate that's how russia operate mm. yeah go, I, go and see how you get on over there yeah um just my, my, my only point on it is like just i know i just don't want to hear i don't want to hear their latest cause that like, i feel do you not feel that sometimes that sports players in general are just trying to build a profile around themselves and i get it it's a short career and you need to do something else afterwards and need some sort of spotlight on you and to be known for something but they're using a cause to build a personality or build a profile or whatever it may be and i just don't need to hear it and that includes yeah. talking about vaccines yeah i i do get that perspective i, I don't necessarily think that's what henry slade was trying to do no, I, I, in what fact, was I'm he not, trying to do yeah, actually i'm not actually sure what he was trying to do um it's, i still find it a bit weird entitled to his opinion and, and i do I do um, quite strongly think that um, he, he's a professional rugby player. He's paid to look after his body. If he did, deems one thing, if yeah. he makes a decision like that, it's it's his call. Yeah. It's not the decision that I have made or would make. My last thing on this, right, because it is fundamentally unimportant, uh, is yeah. if you feel really strongly about vaccines, right, and you're really, really pro-vaccine, as most people should, should be, actually, and you want to waste energy... Don't waste it on Henry Slade because it's pointless. <laughs> waste it on the person who's not had the vaccine, who is close close to you and is reluctant for some reason and prove to them, not with shame, uh, but just with some simple facts that it works and then we can all move on with our life and we don't need to worry about uh, Henry Slade's stance on vaccines ever again. Yes. That, or, yeah, or, yeah, if you if you care about that person or whatever or if you wish to, or you could equally just leave adults to <laughs> yeah. be adults do nothing. to make up their own mind about all, all manner of things. Yes, or do nothing, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm open to both options for, for, for <laughs> the record. Um, so, yeah, those are the two tangential things. I want to talk about some rugby again. Yes, please. Um, I, I just realised just realized before we get into it, I, I, I made a recommendation of another podcast if you have more time in your... And I didn't mention what the podcast was. Uh, oh. Rugby Runter Banter, that Eddie Stevens one. I just said his name. Oh, there you go. So, there you go. <laughs> anyway... Um, what was an update on the North North Dorset Sevens? Jay? I'm What's glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. So we now have uh, Captain Lee on on uh, on the case. So if you have submitted your CV, which many people have, um, he will be getting back to you and to, we us to play in our our Sevens social side or our Vets Ten side. Yes, and we are still looking for players. Send in your CVs. Uh, it is what date, Tim? It is the 23rd, 24th, 25th of July, that, that weekend, which is the weekend of the first Lions test against South Africa, which will be played in the clubhouse at Gillingham Rugby Club, where the North Dorset Sevens are happening that weekend. And at the, over the same weekend, there will be a Friday night event. I think there's camping and stuff in the there is grounds and, and all the rest of it. So there'll be plenty of plenty of drinks being had, plenty of fun being had, a live 
Egg Chasers podcast and uh, a, a various seven tournaments to either watch, play in if you want to come and be in our team or bring your own club along or whatever. And um, yeah, Gillingham, endorse it. And uh, yes. So sevens players and over 35s, we want you. It's basically camp, play, sleep, repeat. <laughs> Three yeah. days. Dr- drink was probably... Drink. R- refresh. Camp, r- camp play, part of that. drink, repeat. Yeah, rehydrate. Yes. Rehydrate. Um, rehydrate, quite right. And um, and just, you said send your CV in. I mean, that might make it sound like you've got to do more effort than you have. Just bob us an email. Yeah, just send us an email. Contact eggchasers at gmail.com. Uh, Tim, personal question for you, mate. Mm. What's your Merv time? Um, I haven't... I, I haven't done an actual full scale what? unscaled Murph before. It's a scandal. I've never <laughs> done one. A hundred pull-ups is... Uh, it, would, it would just take me too long. Uh, are you doing all the pull-ups in one go? Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd pure Murph. Yeah. Not, I, not a cheap Murph. Yeah, so I did a cheap Murph today. So, I could sp- so in case anyone's wondering what this is, of course it's CrossFit. Of course it's Memorial uh, Bank Holiday in... America, so everyone has to do Murph, which is a wad. Yeah, so N- named after I can't remember what the first name was, but um, a, a soldier Murphy who died and was a particularly good soldier, heroic, a, a particularly good soldier, heroic guy, selfless acts, which mean that particularly which mean- he has a he has a, he has like the um, the pinnacle of workouts that are named after soldiers, and yeah. it's the one that they do every Memorial Day. Took me forty-eight minutes. That's good going, which is, mate. Which is a good time. It's well, it's three minutes. I got beaten by at least two men in their fifties. <laughs> so <laughs> that's who's going to play for us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those boys. The answer was staring me in the face. How uh, how many how many press ups were you doing in a minute by the end of the two hundred press ups? Ten. Like, yeah. So I was, was doing like doing them in ones. Yeah. Uh, no. So I'd go um, five five pull ups, five press ups, fifteen. Oh, I see. Fi- Got you. Uh, fifteen. I'd do that twenty times. I think is that right? Yeah, yeah, twenty times, and then you mile before, you mile after, uh, uh, you mile after. Got you. But you say, you say not a cheap one. To do it properly, you need a ten k weight vest. Yeah, yeah. Forget that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I ate um, a Battenberg cake. Um, uh, oh, what was your time? I've, I've, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've done the opposite of Murph today, to be honest. All I've seen is the pictures on the the group for my CrossFit box and them all doing it in the bright sunshine. And the, yeah, yeah, made me feel quite guilty about the day I've had. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Uh, right, rugby, 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 rugby. Uh, who watched the bath game? Not me. I've only seen the highlights of that. My okay. So we'll 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 get this out out of the way. Uh, did did Bath take a lead and then get pumped? No, they didn't. No, no they didn't. They, they they did get pumped and they did take a lead, but they didn't take the lead to start with. Um. So before we enter it, would you? Is there anything Stuart Hoopery that you'd like to get off your chest? Would you? Have you got any more excuses for him? Uh. No. All I've ever said, I haven't said that there aren't issues that Bath need to solve. I think they need to get a defence coach because Neil Hatley is doing that job as well as being coach of a various other things. And fair play to the guy. He's, he's doing a 
He's got a big old job he's covering there, but they need a defence coach and they're getting a new attack coach. Yeah, they, they, that that that's a big that's a big big chunk of the issues at Bath because there's no connection between the different areas of their game, and I think the lack of the so, lack of coaching they have in those roles is I found is, that, is what we're seeing. I found something fascinating the other day. Do you know that the Bath number nines get private coaching? They pay they they pay for their own coach. Mm, I I did not know that. Yeah, interesting, eh? Why? Because they do. There's not a Bath nine coach. Or hotback coach, so a guy comes in and, and does that for them, which they pay. Um, but- I, know, I know various players in the past have paid for various different specialist um, coaches, like Danny Cipriani, yeah. for his breathing coach. I, I don't necessarily think that's a knock on bath either. You, no, no, you've only got like a certain amount of time in your day. Oh yeah, yeah. You know. um, Haskell paid for various different coaches as well. Uh, Mike Brown and others used to pay for um, various sprint coaches. So I, I don't necessarily think it's a well, it's Just, not unusual as well it, uh, to have outside coaching help for those players who take their, their game really seriously. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting bit. But here's why I want to talk about Bath this week. Um, why is nobody talking about Max Ajomo being the future of English rugby? That guy is flipping incredible. Uh, he had a few nice touches in this game, Oh, didn't my he? word. Like, yeah. if, that was, if that was Redpath... If that, oh. In fact, if that was Cipriani, we'd be going yeah. mental about it. And Red Path as well, the news this week. Yeah, not good. I don't know. How, how serious is it? Uh, ACL. Yeah, he will not play against this year. Ugh. So it's 2022 before he plays again. Dreadful news. And, yeah. But that, it's, is it his third serious knee injury? Definitely his second. Which, uh, yeah, second or third, but that makes it even worse. The yeah. fact that it's, it's multiple injuries to the same... and. Knees are, in, in terms of all of the joints, the complexity of a knee is uh, just about the worst thing to, to have so, multiple injuries on. So I don't know if it's the same knee, I don't know if it's a different knee. It, it reminded me, I said this on a video last week, but it reminds me of when he was away at England for sale, or yeah, whichever way we're on that goes, and he had a knee injury. And it was initially reported as, oh yeah, it's not too bad, and it got worse and worse and worse and worse. Mm. Like, oh, we didn't see him again for 18 months. Mm. But, but, uh, but as, Max Adromu. Uh, tell you what, this kid's amazing. I mean, I really think that. I, I was watching just the way he distributes the ball, the way he picks his passes. He can he can challenge the game line. I just can't believe no one... I can't believe he's not all over all <laughs> over the back pages. And he's only 20. Yeah. Well. What 20, a player. 21, 21 this year. Now, I, I've, I've obviously seen the highlights of this game. I've not seen an enormous amount of him before this. I remember... Which, which does raise its own questions, I guess. Why? Like a Premiership Cup type thing. He's been in... He's been regularly featuring in that. Yeah, yeah. I saw him a few or weeks ago. Anglo-Welsh, whatever it was, for a yeah. few years now. Yeah, I saw him a few weeks ago. Um, I can't remember if he started off the bench, but he, he didn't play like that. I didn't think, oh, yeah, I must see, see more of him. Wouldn't uh, it be good if we, uh, if, if we managed to engineer it so we had a really strong championship league that he could have had a couple of years playing some real quality <laughs> rugby in? There's no, there's no way Max Ajomo is playing a 19 for bloody Ealing. He might do, he might do I guess. <laughs> But no, uh, I, I, someone, if it's not Bath, if he's on an academy contract now, someone should go and buy him out of that contract. Just exactly the same as Bath did with, uh, Red Path. with Red Path. Go and go and pay him some money. Go go get him. I think he's a bloody brilliant player. And get him playing rugby. Get him starting. Get him reading the game. Get him distributing. Do you know who, who he reminded me of? Eastmond? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Exactly like Eastmond. I mean, that pass between him yeah, and Marcus the Smith. for the Will Muir. 
yeah. tried on the left wing. Who's another one who I've been thinking, thinking about? Mm. He must be part spot, spot, part Scottish somewhere. Uh, he, he should fall into my, um, my. So I'd have a rule where even if you're not, so if you're called Hamish Watson, mm. but both your parents are and your all your grandparents are Japanese. If you're called Hamish Watson, you can play for. Scotland. Exactly. I love it. It matters love not. It. Yeah, exactly. Tom O'Flaherty would have had 20 caps for Ireland by now. Should have had 20 caps for Ireland yeah. by Tom now. Tom O'Flaherty is definitely Irish. Irish. If, if you're called uh, Faf du Plessis, <laughs> where, oh. where, where, no matter where you were born and raised, you can play for South Africa. Well, Van der Fleer should be playing <laughs> yeah, for Yeah, Josh Van der Fleer. Van der Fleer, yeah. yeah. 100%. And, it, that, that only works. It's almost you should be precluded from playing from another country if your name doesn't sound enough like that as well. Exactly. If, or, right. or if it sounds too much like a, a different country. <laughs> yeah. And and I, I suppose the good thing that I would no, that would no, we can't this would have to be stopped because this would just be another way that New Zealand would absorb resources. Not only do they get all the Pacific Island players, but they'd get all the Scottish players as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh so and just watching this game, uh I thought actually both teams went at it pretty hard. Some of the bat tackling was woeful. I think you actually I think that's what you were saying before, was not Tim. They need a defence coach. That Neil, is. Neil Hatley is their defence coach and it, it it's not gonna work. Yeah. Mm. So I agree with that. Uh both teams seem to be kind of defence optional, which I'm not massively a fan of. But some of the rugby on display, some of the skills and some of the tries, they looked absolutely flipping fantastic. I thought game, at times there were elements in the bits I saw there were elements of this where I thought Quinn's looked bad. Which, like a, li- which a little warning, a little warning for playoffs. Like you can't, you cannot be, you cannot be this loose. You they are loose, aren't they? You can't defend like that in the play- against the teams, it, it, the other teams who are in the playoffs. Because it's all confirmed now, you cannot defend like that. You you will get hammered if you defend like that. Yeah, and as for um, as for Quins, they're interesting because they yes they are loose. There's no choice about that. That's just how they play though. And have I got this right? Did they beat Sale? I think they, I think they gave Sale a bit of a hiding. Uh, I can't remember. So they beat I, them early in the season. Yeah, I always seem to think they beat Sale when they play at the Stoop. I think they've got Sale's number in a lot of ways, mm. and they're not going to meet in a semi, are they? No, no. But where else could they meet? In the final. <laughs> so I think Sale can uh, can win whichever semi that they go into. I think that is now. It's possible. Yeah. I think it's going to be away at Exeter. Yes, they yeah. can win. It's possible, but, but but I don't think they will win. I don't in, think they will win that, one in that five? particular one. I'd, I'd, one in five. I'd give them to go away. Two and five. Two and five. Exeter 40%. have never lost yeah. a playoff yeah. match. Never played Sale at in a home. Playoff, to be fair, yeah. Uh, Sale's first playoff since two thousand five six. Is it? I think it is. Yeah. 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 T- yeah it is. I think it is. Since that, they that, won it the last time Sale made the playoffs, they won. It does. It, so I was thinking when Sale got confirmed players for the first time, I was just thinking about the the, the thing I mentioned the other week about um, Diamond being to Sanderson as Lancaster is to Eddie Jones. That this this um, performance, this team is built on the they they have got there because of the work that Diamond did. Hundred percent. But equally, they would not have got there if Diamond was still the coach. <laughs> so, so Alex Sanderson. Is is the stud and Steve Diamond is the is like the the, <laughs> the, the fluffer, fluffer the effectively. Fluffer. Basically, <laughs> basically. That's, that's how you do horse breeding, isn't it? Can, know, I, can I be absolutely one hundred percent categorical? On this? I made none of those analogies. <laughs> no. I don't believe in, I don't believe in any of them. <laughs> no, I'm just. It is nothing so to do with it, your filth, Tim how, Parker. 
isn't it the case that how how horses breed? It may well they be. Have, they have one horse who just gets the mare all excited, and then they just bring in a stud in to finish the job. <laughs> Not my views. Not my views. Uh, so yeah, Harlequins have come very close to beating both Bristol and Exeter, and I think they you know they could quite easily win win their semi too. It, again, it's possible. Uh, do you, do we think that the way the table lines up right, as it is right now, i.e. Bristol, Exeter, Sale, Quinns, that is going to be how it lands at the end? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. There is... I mean, anyone can jump around. I, uh, no, Quinns... Exeter are three points behind Bristol and can get top still. They, they can. Um, mathematically, Sale could get top, albeit they won't. Um, Harlequins just can't get top Um, but it could all change around but I just I can't see it I can't see um, Exeter and Bristol losing to the point where things will change so it's quite cool this because Bristol Harlequins will be utter madness it'll be insanity yeah well you you said that you said that you thought Sale Bristol on Friday was the best premiership game you've seen I think so yeah Bristol Quinns game was amazing as well a few weeks about a month or so ago in a different way though I don't think I think what sets the sale game apart was the physicality and the you know the the quality of a nil-nil at half time I've never seen that whereas I've seen lots of high scoring very very good premiership games and you've seen a few 6-3s as well haven't you oh god yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so yeah that will be madness and then sale Exeter will be well, madness of a different type. Yeah, that will be. It, it is the great style matchups. Yeah, styles make matchups. That would be the perfect combo, wouldn't it? Yeah, Bristol but, Quins and then Exeter Sale. Yeah, whoever, who would? Who? I actually. Hmm, what do I think? What do I think? I don't even know what I think. I'm too excited. Well, I'm let's saying. let's hold it for a few yes. more. We've got a few more weeks until we have to start worrying about that. Yeah. Um, I watched another live game this week. Oh, which one? Northampton Wasps. Oh, brilliant! That was. An interesting game, and um, <laughs> wasps will be frustrated. And I say this for for a couple of reasons. So, in the last, I don't know if you've seen any of it, but in the last ten minutes, um, Northampton's winning try mm-hmm. by uh, Tom Wood. There was a knock on by David Ribbons, and it didn't get picked up by the referee. So, a try that stood, which put uh, Northampton ten points ahead, should not have stood. Yep. Wasps then come back, they score their try, don't convert it because there was like 10 seconds left for them to take the conversion and then get um, playing again. So they drop goal the conversion, they receive the kickoff and they start playing. Uh, Charlie Atkinson breaks the line from his own 22 and they've got to score a converted try to win the game and he gets high tackled by uh, David Ribbons and the, it doesn't get picked up. They, ah. So there was two... And I thought the referee uh, actually handled most of the game pretty well, particularly when he's got Dan Bigger kind of screaming in his ear for half of it. Um, but there's two issues, um, refereeing errors, I would call them, in the last few minutes that could have saved Wasps. Now, the flip side of that is, as we always say, don't leave it up to the referees. Exactly. And the first two minutes, Wasps, they lost themselves the game in the first two minutes by giving away two consecutive penalties and then... No, basically not defending a driving mall from Northampton. So Northampton was 7-0 up before Wasps even started playing, and that's why Wasps shouldn't be complaining about those two refereeing decisions because they allowed themselves to be in that position. Completely agree. So 
Uh, wasps have done some good business this week, in my opinion. Mm. Um, do you know about the wasps business this week, Tim? No. So nothing, nothing earth earth shattering. Nigel De Jong is going going back to Nigel De Jong. It's not Nigel no. De Jong. He's a footballer. <laughs> De Jong. Juan. Juan De Jong. Juan De Jong. Juan De Jong is going back to Stormers, Stormers or Sharks. Yeah. I think Stormers, which I think is good because I like him. He's a good player, but maybe a touch expensive, bearing in mind when he was signed and, and all the rest of it. They've re-signed Charlie Atkinson. Now, this is really interesting because he played 15 this weekend, mm-hmm. but he's a 10. Mm-hmm. And people whose opinion on rugby I respect enormously love this guy. I, I really rate Charlie Atkinson. It's a, it's a point where I think yeah, got, it's not you, got, mate. It's not you. Yeah, I know. Um, I know you don't respect my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, he, he's. I think he's got more potential than um, Umaga. I think he's got more talent. Well, this is it, right? So, Atkinson's playing at, f- at 15. And he does seem to have a little bit more flexibility than Umaga. But if he decides to play 10, what does Umaga do? Because he doesn't seem to have that much flexibility at all, really. You wouldn't... I mean, maybe you can play 15. You wouldn't fancy him at 12 or twelve or 13, would you? No. no. And he is, he's very, definitely very talented, Umaga. But um, I, I just I think Atkinson's got the, the all-round game a, a bit better. A bit better. Like that show and go, the turn of pace. Yeah, I... Uh, I wonder. A nice problem to have. Yeah, to have is the, it the two young, talented players? But what about for the players? Who? What do you do if you? I mean, the only time I can think of this similar situation would be Burns, Priestland, and actually Burns and Williams. Burns and Williams is probably more 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 like it. But Roughly the same age, young, up and coming players. Yeah. The difference here is these two are what twenty and twenty one, or twenty one and twenty two. These are really these are not like like Priestland and Burns when they were playing there. They were Priestland and Williams. They were about tw- twenty-one. Uh, Priestland Williams, when? Edwin Williams, uh, Leicester. Uh, Priestland and Williams. Priestland and Williams. Sorry, Burns and Burns and Williams. Burns and Williams. Because Burns yeah. signed at twenty-one, twenty-two from Gloucester. Maybe a little bit older, but yeah, okay. Um, so I just think. I mean, I I wonder if you can have two number one tens. Not sure you can. You need you need a but you, you can use the. The rivalry in the competition to drive the performance of both of them, but you do need the number one. Yeah, it's a shame they can't sell one. I mean, I mean, I mean, like genuinely, because they're worth money, mm-hmm. and wasps need some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that—that's well, how much money are they worth? Because rugby players are not. There are very, very, they're incredibly few transfers. I think there's an actual. I think there's an actual. Um, um, Amount uh, like a formula somewhere. It could be like yeah. Well, you have to pay out the rest of their contract or something. But there, there was because there was the the Johnny May when he went to that's Leicester. What I was going to say that's what happened with Johnny May. Yeah, but that was that has now been changed because there was something where you could just buy him out for the rest of his contract. I think was the old law, so you mm. could pay. Let's say he's got six months left and he's on a hundred grand a year. You just pay fifty <clears> grand and you you've got yourself a new player. So I'm pretty certain, right? But I think it's it has changed. Yeah, I'm almost yeah. I'm pretty certain that Sale got six figures for Cameron Path. Wow, I'm certain of that. Yeah, I mean, I could be talking nonsense, but I'm certain of that. How, how much did Sale pay out for Denny Solomona? Ah, well, that's another interesting one. I don't think they ended up paying anything. Did they not? I, that, no, because I think what probably happened is they just decided who was going to foot the bills for the legal costs, and everyone just walked away. Mm. Because when Denny 
Salamona came over from Rugby League. He officially retired from Rugby League. Yeah. But then immediately started playing. Like, and training. Weeks. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that it was dodgy as hell, the way it looked. Yeah. He, what he should have done is go and uh, be the commercial manager for a, a farm, a large cattle yeah. farm mm. in South Africa for uh, yeah. six to 12 months and then come and play for sale. Yeah, I, I don't know what obligation sale have to um, a rugby league club. Well, None, he, I'd, I'd assume. He's got a contract. He's, yeah. There's an employment law contract. There is, presumably... So, you can walk out your job whenever you want, can't you? Yeah, but there, most people are not on time-bound contracts. I, Denny Solomonas was a time-bound two-year contract or yeah. four-year contract. So by so someone effectively terminating that by performance during the middle of that contract should and bring was, about damage. Yeah, so, and it was just it, it was the way it looked like collusion and like looked like a way to evade. Well, well yeah, it, well, it, well, it, looked, was, it looked dodgy as hell. It, yeah. it wasn't done with honour. <laughs> yeah, let's wanna... be honest. Yeah, whether whether it was legally uh, acceptable or not, it was not done with any amount of honour. Well, hang on, just think about this, right? If it, if they wanted honour from the whole thing, just paid that Denny Denny Salomona more. I mean that you know they obviously well, valued him at an amount which they all thought yeah we can pay that well not an issue no, no, I just how much of damage is yeah take it's it legal or not if 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 he could have legally walked away it's it's it was dishonourable of Denny Solomon to sign a contract and then say I'm retiring but then immediately sign for another club and it was dishonourable of of sale if they encouraged him to pursue that uh, action to do that it was just that that's just that's just no honour so you know um, whether it was legal or not. Is one question mm. whether it whether it was right and proper and sort of you know that that's another that's another question and the two don't have to be the same answer. So I don't know how we got onto this. Oh yeah, selling Charlie Atkinson. Yes, which we got on from uh, the Northampton Wasp game, obviously. Yeah. So I would buy Charlie Atkinson. Yeah, and I would also dishonourably go get Max Ajomu. Yes. Okay. Whether this is, it, this is for your this is for Tok H, right? For, if I was in charge of a premiership rugby club, those are the two guys that, I, that I'd be looking at right now. Yeah, I I like those two. Um, I tell you what, there's some, some I do more do I do more due diligence on a player than watching them once. Have uh, a good I've watched them twice. I'm, I'm, let's Highl- give more the money. Highlight reel one one. You need one. Reel. You need one game, preferably forty minutes. Forty good minutes. <laughs> you go for it. I tell you what, though, uh, if if you're an England fan now. The amount of young talent which is starting to come through. I mean, Rafi Quirk, we didn't even talk about him. Yeah. Quirk. Quirk. Rafi de Quirk. Rafi de Quirk. 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 Yeah. What does it say about that young man that they bought off Faf with, what, 30 to go? Yeah, it was a long 30, time. 30, yeah. I was like, what? But that, that break where which led to the Randrandra yellow card was amazing. And this is going to sound mental. I think Rafi, uh, Rafi, Rafi Quirk is a better passer. I just then, think he is. Faffy. Oh my word! Yeah, his passing is so crisp. He's awesome, and he, he does. Look... All right, let's let's move off sale though. Yeah, that, you're, you're right. But let's move off sale. Well, I'm, I'm talking point. more about England England nines because I I think that, that that has to be the future. Here's a question that I've got for both of you. So amazing to see Courtney Laws back. And yes, played 65 minutes. Played really well. Um, I had some really useful interventions um, in the game. Now my question is so. Gatland appears to have selected all of the players who are primarily second rows but can play back row mm-hmm. in uh, Itoji, Laws, Hendo, and Tyburn. Yes. If, say, and, and presumably he's done that so he can have size and additional line-out jumpers against that massive South African pack. Yeah. That all makes sense to me. Let's say 
a couple of those guys go down injured, uh-huh. who is the next cab off the rank that fits that mould? Because though he selected them all. Oh, Tom Croft. <laughs> <laughs> Crofty. Um, Sam Skinner. Skinner. Skinner, maybe, yeah. Skinner's not a bad shout, actually. I, I think he goes a more traditional route. I think Launchbury gets a call. I think those lads start... Uh, Launchbury's out injured, but Johnny Gray gets a call. Yeah, yeah whoever Johnny Gray gets yeah. a call or, or James Ryan gets a call. But if he wants to Cruz, stick... Cruz. Cruz. That's the guy I'd call in a Cruz heartbeat. Not, yeah, Cruz is not a bad shout. But yeah, if he, if he wants to stick... The, the guys I could... So, the three guys I could think of um, are George Martin. Oh, yeah. But I don't think he's ready for it. Nope. Um, Brad Shields... But I don't think he's, I don't good enough. Yeah, I, I really like Brad Shields, but I don't think it would be quite right. Uh, the other one who he might not be ready for it, but he's a hell of a player. I just wish he was getting more at club level. Is Ted Hill? Good shout. Ted Hill is such he's such a good athlete. He's such a good player, and for anyone to force their way into the England camp, um, playing for for this Worcester team, he's doing something right. And every time I watch him, he's got a great try this this weekend. Yeah. He is such a good player. What about Callum Chick? That would be, I mean, it's a long, long way from Newcastle <laughs> to Lions. But that is, uh, you know. He's not a six second row. He's, he's, he's an not, eight, but he's, yeah. he's, he's an eight. eight. I think he'll be involved in boy. an England squad. He has to be. Well, he yeah. has to be. There's so many good I'd like operating to, there. I'd no, like there's, to, no, there's, not, there's not many good England dates. I don't think there is many good England dates. That's one position there isn't lots. Yeah. Yeah, but they seem to, they seem to make do, don't they? Like Tom Curry turned out to be a fantastic England date. Tom Curry. Stepped up amazingly, but but Mark Wilson did very well. Yeah, but but Tom Curry is the more I see of Tom Curry and, and this weekend Ben Curry, the more I'm like these guys are unbelievable. unbelievable. These guys are I I, I just can't get over. They're so good. Why wouldn't you have They're both from Finland? Yeah, I mean Ben Curry obviously over the last six months or so has had his, his bad injuries, but he's, yeah, that he's was got his to first be getting a call start. Up. That was his first start in what four or five months. Yeah. yeah, I've said this numerous times. I'll say it again. You ask a sale player who the best player is that they play with, they'll go Ben Curry. They'll do, they, you know, without skipping a beat. And then you go, well, Tom. Oh, yeah, Tom's really good too, actually. <laughs> Tom's all right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But Ben. Well, Ben got the call up first. Yeah, and he got players player of the year. Ben, ben and, he was gonna be, and as I've said many times before, he was he was due to be starting that game on the tour in Argentina. The only reason Tom got got elevated to the starting lineup from the bench was because Ben got injured. Sliding yeah. doors, eh? Yeah. Yeah, but it really, really was. You want, you want both of them. You want to have the option to have both of them, because yeah. for all the all the Underhill, all the Lewis Ludlam, um, Mark Wilson, they're they're they are all genuinely amazing players, but they're they're not a Curry. No, they are they are <laughs> bloody good. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that, that was my question. In this game, this, this game was um, there's some good moments, but both neither team played on top of their game. Um, Dan Bigger, after I said he should not be playing this game, limped off with ten minutes to go. And and has been cited for a potential illegal clear out. Yeah, on Jacob Umaga. And how how did that mm. look? Uh, I don't think it would be a red card offence. It was a, a no arm stiff arm on a, a rook clear out on a rook where his arm did make contact with Umaga's head, but low force. Yeah. So I don't think he will get anything from that. Um, but bigger, he's. I think he's an amazing player. He he just needs to chill out at times. I was, I was arguing the ref ref made um, I can't even remember the it was a call about um, changing the mark for for a kick at goal or kick for the corner. Mental. And bigger 
five minutes after that, he was still arguing with the referee when, when play stops. Well, he was arguing with his own bench when they sent <laughs> on a kicking tee. He's, he just needs to... I mean, that is why he's so amazing, but... That's what he says. He says uh, about that side of his character, that's what keeps him on edge. It's almost like a deliberate thing. Like, that's how he, that's how he keeps motivated. I mean, it does... You can see it drives him, but he just needs to, like... Chill out. Take the edge off. Yeah. Because it does, like, if you get cited for this, and it, he could have got seen in the game for that... Um, it could be different next time. He could actually clock someone properly and get a proper red card when it matters. Are you matters. saying that he needs to get, get get on the line to save your world? Uh, I was thinking more hot debriefs, actually. Ah, yeah, hot debriefs. Can you imagine? That, like, I, I, I sort of, in reverse, I think quite often you can see your own kids and you can imagine the, the grown-up that they're going to be. I look at Dan Bigger as a grown-up and imagine the kid he was. Oh, imagine. That, that competitive and that edge. Imagine playing Monopoly with a 10-year-old Dan Bigger. <laughs> That's exactly what <laughs> I was going to say. I wonder the... how many times he flipped yeah. the, the, a board game board up in the air. Flip the whole table, the kitchen table, up in the air. <laughs> Through the window, out the window. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, We've covered off um, everything, haven't we? Le- Leicester beat Worcester. Saw that. Um... Ellis Gen's looking great. Yeah. Um, we, we can less the team, understandably, after last week, but Worcester losing again. Worcester finding it impossible just, to win. Just by a point. Yeah, they, just, yeah. they can't, they they cannot can't win. buy a win. Exactly. Um, and Gloucester played Lundarish. Well, a game that I guess Tim cares about because your team. Tim's team lost. Well, I've got a, got a soft spot for Irish, my boys. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going to the Brentford Stadium on Saturday. Nice. Very much looking forward to that. Awesome. After Brentford got promoted as well. The Premier League, yeah, 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 yeah. That is, um, just, that got, is... just got to try and find somewhere to park a motorhome in West London. <laughs> <laughs> that should be fun. Uh, the Bre- the Brentford story, I find really interesting. We're not not going to go into the Brentford story, but just they, they are kind of moneyballing football. Do you know they don't have an academy? Yeah, they just buy their players, in, yeah. don't they? but they they've got scouts and talent recognition that they get buy players who are being undervalued and underutilized, and then. Get the value. Like their striker this year, I think he scored thirty-two goals, and they picked him up for. for and they did this with Ollie Watt. They've done it with. Who is involved there? Someone is. I mean, someone who follows football knows this far better. But I was talking to one of the Pro Fourteen coaches about this, and he was saying it's not exactly as they make out because they do put an awful lot of money into other things. They just don't think it's best spent in the academy. In the academy. I can't remember who. Is it someone. Who on earth was talking to me about? Has some out. Oh, so annoying. Someone's talking about some algorithm or something which they want to apply into rugby. So there's someone going around now trying to do this for a rugby club. And looking at stats, presumably, looking at what are the, the stats that correlate with performance would be the area that, that you'd want to be looking at, I think. How annoying, I can't remember. Anyway, there you go. Anyway. I, I could do one. Uh, there you go. Here's an algorithm. Height, weight, <laughs> yeah, 100 metre time. <laughs> Deadlift number, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Combine, yeah. Get some good numbers on that. You've got, you've probably got yourself a decent rugby player. Yeah, true, true that. But it's, it's interesting that because like, is the height, for example, to be a second row, height is a necessary condition but not a sufficient yeah. condition. You have to to be an international second row. You cannot be under six foot five. No, you can't. But there are lots of people who are over six foot five who would be nowhere. They would never get anywhere near. Never get anywhere near a rugby field. Never mind getting near an in- international rugby field. Yeah. So it's then, right, what else is there? Very rare humans or second rows. Mm. Very rare. Absolutely. So uh, Gloucester and Irish makes pretty much no difference to anyone, does it? 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Top eight uh, um, is Wasps at the moment, so Bath are it, out. It is still, yeah, it, it's still competitive for those top eight slots. I mean, there's, a, I'd say it most top weeks, eight. but there are, there are um, several of those teams who probably shouldn't get top eight because they uh, don't I, want to be going I, top eight. I have to say, it, as we're talking about top eight, I just have to say it again, it is absolutely awful. That top eight, isn't it? The it's just a Cup. joke. It is dreadful. <laughs> who's making the top eight this year? I mean, you mean who's not the worst four teams in the <laughs> in the in the, in the Premiership? What yeah, an accolade! Like the whole point. Do you remember when they they rejigged the Champions Cup? The whole point. I remember them saying it, and they were absolute pains to say it's about having a, an elite competition. Yeah, what, what they've just created is mediocrity within, baked into the Premier domestic rugby tournament in the world yep you're not wrong mate you're not wrong at all would you Jenny, where, where would you cut the line top four top four 12 teams yeah I like four far, far fewer games mm. well, you could have because if, if you you could even do it if you're worried if you're genuinely worried about um, player welfare don't make them play six uh, pool games mate, go straight to a, as we said before go straight to a a knockout. Uh, yeah, top eight so, in a knockout would be well, interesting. Or, or, or potentially, and this is one I floated a little while ago when they were talking about this, you, you could stick with top six, but then each pool is three teams, So you, and it's one from the Premiership, one from top yeah, 14, yeah. one from the Mushroom Cup, yeah. and that's it. And you play, play, play four pool games, and then you go into the round of 16. Yeah. So that, that would be a way to go. Yeah. So um, as we're on the Mushroom Cup... Well, Benetton are doing the business. Benetton still top of the league. Uh, they beat Connacht. At some point, did the Pro 14 convene a meeting to say this is not what was meant to happen? <laughs> it was meant to be Leinster were meant to win another trophy. Yeah. Um, this was this was Leinster's, Leinster's co- com- competition from day one, and you've ruined it. This I, is the we must be on Mushrooms Cup at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is genuinely the best thing that's happened to Italian rugby in years, as in. One of the things we've complained about for a long period of time is that the Italian teams who do have some good young Italian talent, um, for example, Garbisi, who is a seriously talented um, playmaker, fly half, they 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 need to go and play in France to get any comp- or England to get any competitive rugby. Like Benetton are actually getting meaningful games now because yeah. this, this game against Connacht, Connacht are no mugs. They're a great side. They've travelled to Benetton and Benetton have beat them, beat that, them up badly, and that is. That is good for. That is genuinely good for Benetton. It's also good for Italian rugby for their players to be getting that kind of experience. So I'm all for it. I think I think it's excellent. 
I, I really hope um, Benetton go and do it. So they've got to go. They've got to travel to the Ospreys um, next week and win win that game. Uh, I think breathing down the necks of Munster, uh, Munster and Glasgow Warriors. Munster have got to travel to Zebra, so Munster will be getting five points. Mm. Uh, Glasgow hosts Leinster, so Glasgow might not be getting five points from that. So, and what, and what happens at the end of yeah, it? What does happen like, at the end? So, it was at a point in time talked about being uh, the Rainbow Cup North plays the Rainbow Cup South. Now, I'm not actually sure what the the um, Ah, hang on. Here we go. Yes, first place, it was confirmed. First place team from each tournament will play each other in the final, which will be played in Treviso, Italy. Really? On the 19th of June. Well, what colour list is that on? Uh, to whom? Good question. To, to the South African government? Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. To us, I guess. To us? Um, I don't know. Well, what, what, Northern, Northern Italy, they were hit hard first. So it should be, be fine, fine, right? They're fine, fine, by they're now. fine. Um, Herd immunity. So this is interesting. So that means that the first place team in the league are going to play the South African team. There's, there's no inter-league playoff, no? No, I think it's just one game. Wow. Let's be honest. It's going to be a game. One team's going to win, and then no one will ever speak of it ever again. <laughs> yeah. It will be, a, in about eight years' time, one of my quizzes will be who, who won the Rainbow Cup be in like, 2011. It'll, yeah, we like watching... You know, the, uh, 2021, even. It's the old videos of like weird teams that no longer exist, like when the English... Uh, unions decided to regionalise for five minutes. You know, the Southwest playing in green or wh- whatever it was. That was a, that was a long-standing thing. Was it really? Yeah, I did not know that. But I, I've, part I've... of the sort of county um, setup, you'd play for your county, and then you play in the county championship. Then you get selected for your region, and that would be your uh... how you progress towards England trials, which is how it, which is it might even be how it's still done at schoolboy level. But um, that's how it was done right up to the top level. So I remember Mike Cat playing in this nice green outfit. Green green shirt. I, I've worn that Southwest shirt. Green shirt with yellow collar. That's the one. Yeah, it looked awesome. So yeah, that, that's that's how I'll remember it. <laughs> um, right. Anything else to cover this week? Uh, Rainbow I can't Cup, think of anything. Uh, Henry Slade. <laughs> uh, Dave he was Walder. so good, by the way. Oh my god, what a player! Yeah, what a player! Players. What a bloke! What a player! What a guy! But and. Like- yeah, love him. He's he was, uh, in my opinion, unlucky to to not get a Lions yeah. call up. And, it, and on if, the strength of that, he he just did some things that were just outrageous in that match. Yeah, if if Gatlin would, if it was a different coach, and Gatlin obviously likes the the kind of more direct um, physical style, different coach, he, he probably would be a Lion. No, he, he would struggle to travel. <laughs> Uh, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but he said in the he said oh. in the post match interview. I don't know. I don't know where this has come from. Well, him because the just because the Lions players um, had a vaccination this week. Uh, no, under no nowhere has it been written that you're not allowed to travel without a vaccination. I don't understand this because Henry Slate said in his post match interview. He said, "I don't wish injury on anyone, but I just want to play well so that I'm ready in case there is an injury." And some smart asses have said things like, "Well, you're not allowed to travel if you don't get back." That's that's just not true. Hmm. True. Okay. <laughs> so, well, well, clearly you didn't think so. There's a joke, Tim. Oh right, sorry. 
Uh, right. I've hey. just been fielding. I apologise. I've been fielding loads of bellends on Twitter. <laughs> fielding bellends. Oh, my, Twitter. My, my favourite type of cricket. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we've done everything. Last appeal for players. Uh, tens. Over 35s. No no less than five caps. Is that, I think that's five, fine. Yeah, yeah. Five, five international caps. For a tier I two can do, I can do a job at 10. Yeah. Exactly. So we we won't want ex internationals primarily, but we will also take you because we need players. Mike Cat, <laughs> that'd be a good shout. You mentioned him. He's yeah. Got, he, he, yeah. Mike Cat. Yeah. yeah Mike, Cat. Mike Cat could probably still do a job at ten twelve, couldn't he? Probably. Probably. Oh, hang on. There was a debate about the England team. It was an all time England team out uh, this week. Oh yeah, who picked it? Was it Elliot Daly and someone else? No, I don't, I don't know. It, but was, it, it was Hugo and a couple of other people. I can't remember what it was. That's right, yeah. So that was came out. BT Sport thing? Yeah, so that came out earlier on this week. And nobody mentions Mike Cat as one of England's great 12s. I think he is a great 12. Does anyone disagree with that? I think he, um, so I think he is, but in the great yeah. teams, he was, uh, in the, the great team, he was the... The off the bed, he was the cover, wasn't he? He was like the he was on the bench, and and he only he, he actually didn't play that many games at twelve. Okay, so a few bits. He was of ten. Here. He was ten and fifteen. So and a it, bit of twelve. I think I think you're wrong here, Tim. Uh, I think he played far more games at twelve than he played all the other positions combined. So he played fourteen notoriously when he got got run over. Run over in two thousand first uh, two thousand nineteen ninety five. Yep. I seem to remember him being a fullback and a fly half, mate. He's done a bit of full mark, done a bit of fly half, but he is primarily. If you look at the positions where he played, I am 100% positive he'll have more uh, starts at 12 than every other position that he's played combined. So he was. Uh, now, the reason that he didn't start the World Cup was because he was injured for about 18 months before the World Cup, from what I remember. And they well, and, him. and also, Mike Tindall and Will Greenwood were quite good. Yeah. Well, he just wasn't around to compete. So, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, they are good. There's no way by it. He got bought into the England squad on the back of one friendly against Carfilly, I think, for Bath and something else. So he comes in, comes into squad, and without him, yeah, I don't think that England would have beaten Wales. So he, he went to four World Cups, didn't he? Did he really? Because he got run over in '95. Yeah, I assume he played in '99, uh, unless he was injured. He was on the bench in 2003. And he was in at 36 to 2007. Yes. Was he? Squad. Yes. Because he play, He did play 10. So Ollie Barkley played 10. Floody. Farrell was... was um, no, Floody, Floody was... Floody's played too... Farrell was due to start at 10. And then they changed it to Mike Cat. But Barkley, Wilkinson, uh, Flood, Mike Cat. Mm. What a mess that team was. And they made the final. They did make the final. Uh... So did Cat start then? Because he started one game. Did he start in the final? No, Wilkinson started fi- the, uh, at the final. I'm thinking at twelve. He started it because um, Matt Tate started at thirteen. No, in no, the final. Farrell started. No, Farrell didn't start. Farrell in the final. started. Andy Farrell. When? Andy Farrell in the 2007 World Cup final. Yeah. No way. I no. He didn't start. Fly, what fly half? What are you talking no, about? No, uh, centre. You're saying centre. 2007 World Cup final. No way did Farrell start. Quite all you're getting you're getting confused with England Wales. Somebody okay. just starting at, at yeah. In the no, I'm not. Um, um, match details. 
Starting at 12 in the World Cup final, 20th October 2007. Oli Barkley. Mike Cat. Ah, there you are then. And he came off on 51 minutes for... Oli Barkley. No. Uh, Andy Farrell. How about... How about um... Oh, Dan Hipkiss or something like that. Dan, Dan, Hip, Dan Hipkiss <laughs> was on the bench. Nice. Dan Hipkiss came off and uh, for, Dan Hipkiss replaced Jason Robinson. Um, in the, the na- <laughs> like, for, like for he's, like. He's over 35. <laughs> um, what about... Uh, no, yeah, who Mike, was it? Toby Flood came on for, for Mike Cat. So there was, up, Flood. there was a walk up with Cat, Flood, Wilkinson. Yes. Farrell. Yes. And Barkley. Yes. That's insane. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, of course, the playmaking centres, Dan Hipkiss and Jamie Noon. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes. Well, I mean, they had, they, had, they had to calm it down somehow. <laughs> but just just think, that, that 2003, when you think about the two, 2003 squad, the one person that no one will ever remember, but who has a World Cup medal, is Stuart Abbott. Stuart, I, I think Stuart Abbott regularly. Well, yeah. Ex Queens, ex Wasps, bloody good player. Horrible. Really good player, obviously, World Cup winner. What, was it not a tip fib break which ruined his career? Oof. Or knee? It doesn't matter, does it? At this no. point, it... I, lo- I love it. Like, I, I, quite right. This is what I love about you, Jay. This is, this is what I love about this podcast. Is I make a point, which I think is probably a fair one, is that no one ever remembers Stuart Abbott. And you say, <laughs> you know Stuart Abbott to the degree that you're wondering which bone he broke in a specific injury. Yeah, he had a horrible injury, and that just uh, that 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 just ended him. Well, I just just having a quick look at that uh, breaking his right leg in Wasps 18-15 Hanukkah Cup de- defeat by Beeritz. I don't think he came back from that. That was in 2005. Christ, I was watching videos of The Rock today from 2003 and I realised it was nearly 20 years ago. How depressing. (laughs) Right, that's enough of that. Yeah. So, uh, CVs, sevens, uh, if you're over 35, for tens, Dorset sevens, yada, yada, yada. Go find us on uh, YouTube. We are doing videos all this week. And, yeah, let the boys play. No predictions? No predictions? Oh, God, yeah. Shall we do... Yeah, rattle, rattle through the games oh, this quick. weekend, Phil. Come on. Very quick predictions. Uh, so, uh, Friday night, Friday night lights, we've got Sale versus Harlequins. At the AJ Bell. At the AJ Bell. Sale. 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 Uh, Saturday, we have Gloucester versus Bath. Gloucester. Bath have, Bath. To, Bath have to win that one, surely. Gloucester. Give me Bath. Uh, where are they? Uh, at the sh- at um, King's Home. Definitely Gloucester. Uh, give me Bath. I'm going Bath. Then we've got Tigers um, hosting Bristol. Bristol. Bristol will want to get back on the horse. Bristol. Uh, we've got Falcons hosting Worcester Warriors. Falcons, Worcester Falcons. Warriors. Falcons. Falcons, they've rested their team. Falcons will win that. Irish hosting Wasps. Irish. Hmm. Irish. Give me... Wasps, if they, they could have won that game. Give me Wasps. There you go. And then we have Northampton hosting Exeter, which is going to be Chiefs. But they're going to be at the Gardens. At the Gardens. It's going to be Chiefs. Chiefs. It's going to be Chiefs. Right. Definitely. Uh, just, just one little thing. Maybe we can pick this up in a future conversation, but um, I forgot to mention today. 
Um, Rob Baxter said in the week, and I thought it was quite interesting. He, he, whilst everyone's been getting very excited that fans are back in the in the stadiums, and it, it does make such a massive difference, Rob Baxter, I think, quite rightly has said he's very, very concerned that there appears to be no plan, whether that's from the sport or whether that's from governance. There seems to be no plan or even conversation about returning to full crowds. And it was it just it brought into really? stark contrast when I was watching the Indianapolis 500. I wasn't watching it, but I saw some pictures from the Indy 500 over the weekend. And you watch all the sporting events that are going on in baseball grounds and stuff in Texas and in in Florida. They are absolutely packed. And um, there is absolutely no plan in place or being spoken about for getting full crowds at rugby. And the conversation needs to happen because these clubs cannot keep going. Well, we don't need to have the conversation yet, do we? Because we've, no, got, no. The, because we've got the off-season. We can get through this. We can get through the the 26th of whatever it is, reo- well, uh, uh, reopening. Club, clubs need to pl- clubs need to plan, don't they? So I think conversations are needed. So anyway. Yeah, but the, I, yeah, we can talk about it in a future pod. I just thought I'd put a little pin in it because Rob Baxter mentioned it this week. Yeah. Let's talk about it later. Cause I, I, I just assumed, perhaps naively, that... All restrictions were lifting from the twenty first. That's of June. exactly what I assumed. As in, from the twenty second of June, eighty thousand. Let's, let's, let's not let's not get started because yeah. I I will start getting really angry. Yeah. talking about that because that is ab- absolutely how it should be, and yeah. it's ridiculous if hey, that is not the case. But go hey. and go, well, go and tweet your pandemic thoughts to at Cocker. <laughs> and All right. Tim, you go and enjoy your holiday. Yeah, enjoy yourself, mate. Uh, don't have too much. Oh no, actually, have have too, too much cider. You're on holiday. Exactly. Have as much cider right. as you want. Yes. Right. Well, Let the boys play. Let the boys play. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 